Tuesday, February 26th. Welcome to Market Fullery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio, Bill Mann is in the house. Yeah, on my middle child's 17th birthday. So happy birthday, Allie. We have an odd way of getting you in the studio on your kid's birthday. I think it's like the That's third right. time it's been one of your kids' that, birthdays. And, and, and I didn't ask. Do like, they take offense? To being wished happy birthday on the air? Just to you in general. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. No, that that, that is probably the least offensive thing about, yeah. It, you have kids. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, it's always just a, a a little bit of a, you know, you don't necessarily want to throw all their stuff out there, right? Like, but, you know, wish them happy birthday. That yeah. feels okay. Uh, we've got some earnings to get to. Um, there's... Uh, <laughs> There's there's some trade stuff we're going to get to. We got to um, talk about Musk. We got to talk about Musk. And as you as you pointed out once on Twitter, um, there's not really a need to say the full name Elon Musk because in the business world, how many CEOs are named? Is there another CEO named Musk? But anyway, no. uh, yeah. Elon Musk has a date. Uh, the SEC asked a federal judge to hold Musk in contempt of court, saying he violated the settlement that he agreed to last year. Musk then took to the Twitters and wrote, something is broken with SEC <laughs> That's oversight. Right. You want to see some contempt. <laughs> and U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan has come out this morning and said, you've got until March 11th yeah. to explain why you should not be held in contempt of court. He got... I mean, it's all. It was about a tweet, and let's take him at his word that he wrote, "We're going to produce five hundred thousand cars in 2019." And then he came back and he corrected. He, he corrected it, which, as a CEO, I mean, he should know that the First Amendment doesn't necessarily apply all the way to him. You have to be careful with what you say. That doesn't seem that bad, but. What he's gotten is a lifetime achievement award for the other crazy things that he, you know, that that he said. Which, by the way, got the SEC and the court system in, you know, interested in him and his public utterings in the first place. Let's be clear: if Mary Barra, CEO of General Motors, had tweeted something about uh, production in 2019, she probably. Or maybe not she, but certainly the uh, the person who's tweeting as Barry Barr. No, no, no. The legal department at General Motors would get a phone call from the SEC saying, yeah. "Hey, by the way, don't." But as you said, because of Musk's yeah. history, because and especially because of the settlement agreement last year. That's right. Um, and the in some ways, when you're just looking at the stock, it's a little. I'm surprised. Maybe I shouldn't be. You tell me if you're surprised. I'm a little surprised that this is a stock that, over the last two years, has traded in a relatively tight range. This is a stock that has basically been in the range of $250 a share to $350 yeah. a share. Up and down. It's visited many places in between those two points. But and pretty the, quickly. But for the last two years, it's really been in that range. It would be amazing to go back to early 2017 uh, 2017, Chris and say, hey, Chris, by the way, uh, not much is going to happen with Tesla over the next two years. The stock. The stock. Or the, yeah, I mean, you would... It is amazing that it has not moved that much. Now, it moves so quickly under so many, you know, it has huge expectations built into the stock price now. And maybe those expectations haven't, you know, haven't changed that much based on Elon Musk either speaking or not speaking on Twitter. But I can't think of another company that is more 
dependent upon its CEO or seemingly more dependent upon its CEO than Tesla is with Elon Musk, particularly since no other executive seems to stay there very long. Right. Uh, I think the last time we were talking about Tesla, it was because the chief legal officer had left after just two months. Yeah. And I want to go back to something you said regarding Musk and his importance to this business and therefore to the stock, because I don't think anyone really thinks that the board of directors is going to show him the door. I don't. I don't think anyone thinks that's going to happen. Now that being said, do you think in three years, two to three years, he's still the CEO? Because I don't see the board showing him the door, but I could see him at some point saying, "You know what?" I don't need this. I got other things I'm interested uh-huh. in, and I'm going to go run my space. It's business. either it's not going to be up to the board. I think you're exactly right. It will either be up to the SEC, or it will be up to Elon Musk. And both of those, I mean, I think it's unfortunate to say, are going to be based on how he chooses to comport himself in the meantime. It's going to be one to watch for sure. Let's move on to Etsy. Uh, fourth quarter profits so and much revenue happier. came in higher than expected. Everything is up with Etsy. Users are up, sellers are up, stock up 13% this morning. This thing's a monster. It is a monster. And David Gardner was pointing out that David Kretzman uh, recommended Etsy uh, back in 2016 at $13 a share, and it went down below 10 And so, with today's rise, we're basically getting you know the same amount as uh, as as the stock was when uh, when David recommended it, which David Gardner's rolled is called a spiffy pop. Yeah, four hundred percent ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's a great company. It really, it really is. They've done a really good job putting up their moats. It's really, you know, if you are a small, you know, if you're a small business person, like a, you know, you're a crafts person, Etsy's where you go. And, you know, I didn't love this business when it first came out. I it seemed to me like a niche business, but it's grown and it's now an eight billion dollar market cap. Um, yeah, absolutely wonderful quarter and well deserved. They have executed very well. It reminds me a little bit of late 1990s eBay, because eBay, when it was just in the auction business and getting some traction, we saw Amazon announce their auction business, Yahoo, which was much bigger than eBay at the time, announcing their auction business. And there were some people saying, okay, well eBay had a nice run. Yeah. But now the big you know, the big kids are showing up here. But because of that virtuous cycle of when it in the auction business, um, if you're selling something, you want to go where the most buyers are. If you're buying something, you want to go where the most sellers are. And it seems like this is playing out it's with stuck. Etsy. eBay is such a good call. That's exactly what it is because when eBay out came out, in a lot of ways, the coverage about eBay was, oh, isn't this cute? Right, and Etsy was exactly the same. These are big businesses, but they were really treated as, oh, isn't this cute? And I tell you what, eight billion dollars in market cap is in fact pretty cute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well done. I mean, you know, honestly, and again, as as someone who was a skeptic that. I always you know, I thought the management was great, but a skeptic in you know as to how this business might scale, they really, really have done well, and my hat's off to them. Well, and it's uh, Etsy is a little deceptive in some ways because it's not like 
their physical locations. So you see, um, you know, so part of their quarterly announcement is here's where we're expanding. If you're not shopping on Etsy, if you've never bought bought anything on there, it's really easy to miss. And as you said, the one sentence description of of Etsy. Um, usually involves the word crafts. Crafts, right? So exactly. you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, things that are done in Pawnee yeah. County, you know, Indiana. Like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah exactly. I, I crafts just doesn't seem like the kind of thing that scales or is sexy. Like no, no investor is like. Let, let me tell you, I've got a hot tip for you. That's right. It's an online crafts business. Are they e crafts? Yeah, exactly. SaaS crafts? No, they're just yeah, they're. Country with a K and yeah. things like that, and uh, but yeah, they've forty-one percent growth in uh, in you know forty excuse me forty-six percent growth in 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 revenues is nothing to sneeze at. That is a lot of crafts and some other things that they're that they're selling. Um, you and I are going to be hitting the road later this week. We are part of a group of fools who are going down to Austin, Texas. Um, we're having a member event, and I wanted to. Uh, not necessarily get a sneak preview of coming attractions for the event, but I mean, the, one of the themes around this investing event is uh, global investing. Yeah, and there really hasn't been, for all the stories that have been written over the last few years, and this is a subject you and I have talked about a bunch of times. For all the um, coverage of emerging markets here or there, or as a group. Um, the dominant story over the last two years is China. I mean, it's right. all about China and the trade war with China. As uh, an investor, as an analyst, what do you see when you look at sort of the current state of um, U.S. trade with China and either opportunities for or um, uh, potential perils for investors? They're both. But first of all, are you calling China the Etsy of emerging markets? No. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I am not saying that at all. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, China obviously has has grown very rapidly, and it is it 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 is with with great justification that when you think of emerging markets, you 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 do think China first. Uh, it's now the second largest market, uh, the second largest economy in the world. Uh, it is uh, after Canada our largest trading partner, um, but. It's also it, it it's also a country that has had uh, trade as a state policy now for three decades, and the U.S. the U.S. has had a, a its own policy of you know for trade over the same last three decades, which was hey trade's good, let's do let's do trade, let's do more trade, and well we can't sell as many things into China uh, because of rules, but we are pro trade and. Uh, Donald Trump has come into office, and whatever your feelings about Donald Trump per con, he he picked out early on something that I think is entirely true, which is that China does not play fair when it comes to trade. And he's got a guy uh, in the U.S. Trade Representative by the name of Robert Lighthizer, who's his lead negotiator uh, for the tariffs. And Robert Lighthizer uh, does not you know, is 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 willing to go to the mat to make sure that the U.S. Uh, comes out ahead, and that's so. That's what's been happening with the with, with the trade negotiations. The deadline for the you know for the new tariffs uh, was had been set at March first. I was going to say Friday. Friday, uh, Trump came out. A little bit early, and nobody really knows why. Um, to say that, hey, we might extend because uh, the, the 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 talks have been going so well. Um, 
And I kind of wonder a little bit whether this is the, this is the right thing to do uh, because Lighthizer's been winning. I mean, he 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 really has been. I mean, he's got you know he's he's a guy who agrees with Trump that uh, that China has not played fair and doesn't want to do it. You know, do, doesn't think that we uh, as a larger economy need to put up with it. So very interesting to see. Eventually, it's going to come out. Uh, you know, eventually the tariffs will go back down. We will we will have a new trade regime. I hope that it's a good one. So, does any part of you, in the wake of all this, take certain categories of stocks or industries and say, these are being moved down my list as a result of this. I've got my watch list of stocks, and because of this level of uncertainty, I'm going to hit the pause button on these for now. Well, not really. Um I mean, certain companies have come out in their recent earnings reports and said that you know that that uh, the tariffs have hit them very badly. A lot of people tend to think that uh, the Chinese government or the Chinese industry pays the tariffs. No, 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 no. The American companies who are buying the products pay the tariffs. You know, so what it does is it makes other sources more attractive. You know, than than buying them from China. Uh, but so companies that use a lot of aluminum have have been hit pretty hard. These are not. I'm I'm not a huge fan of really capital intensive businesses to start with. So it hasn't really come into my you know in in, in into uh, uh, in into uh, my own investing. Um, but as in all things, when you put tariffs up, it is you know it is an impediment to the free the free flow of capital. So it is ha- you know it has impacted every company that accesses capital, which is uh, last time I checked, basically all of them. So the idea that gets floated now and then of look, uh, if you don't want exposure to China in your portfolio, focus uh, focus on you know. Uh, well, another business that's in the news today, uh, Home Depot, because yeah. they don't really have operations in China. They're not really doing business. You know, focus on just sort of American Bojangles. <laughs> there, okay, there you, Bojangles. there you might have hit one. Yeah, Bojangles probably has very minimal uh, exposure to China. I mean, Home Depot does. I mean, they, 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 not even necessarily Home Depot itself, because they don't really have much in the way. I don't know that they have operations. I don't think they have operations in China, but. They sell a lot of equipment that takes a lot of natural resources. Takes a lot. There's of, a ripple yeah, effect. Yeah, there's a ripple effect. So, China, you know, putting tariffs on China really impacts all of us. And you know, and 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 the question becomes, and you know, President Trump and Robert Lighthizer have, have said in the affirmative that in the long term that they think it's worth it. Uh, real quick before we wrap up. Uh Percentage chance that uh, you and I are going to be eating uh, some Texas barbecue later this week? I'm going to put it at uh, 103%. I and I put it past, yeah, because we may do it twice. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. I think that's right. <laughs> Bill, ma'am, thanks for being here. Good to see you, Chris. Thanks. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.